Welcome to the Canvas Rebel Podcast, where we believe your story matters. Your viewpoint and your insights matter. In our view, there is far too much coverage of the trends that ivory tower professors and billionaire fund managers are seeing. What's the edge in hearing the billionaire consensus view over and over again? The edge comes from hearing new perspectives and new information, like from the wedding planner who's worked with hundreds of couples during the pandemic and has noticed that new couples are allocating significantly more of their wedding budgets on small details like personalized neon signs, or hearing from an accountant who's seeing how there is a huge uptick in e-commerce clients generating revenue from in-person pop-ups. Those sorts of insights are what Canvas Rebel is all about. And today, Madison is chatting with some of our content partners about trends and lessons learned. Content partners help us in so many ways from sponsoring our mission to spreading the word about the work that we do and collaborating with us on content like this. And so with no further ado, here's Madison with today's panel. Hi, everyone. My name is Madison. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of our Canvas Rebel podcast talking about sustainability in our personal and professional lives, which is a topic we have touched on in a few different episodes uh, thus far, but something I'm always interested to learn more about, especially in terms of small businesses and, and running your own company that's passionate about sustainability. So let's get started with some introductions. Hi, I'm Mae Bracken. I'm an interior designer. Um, my firm specializes in custom interiors for private residences and boutique hospitality, and I'm based in Los Angeles, California. Greta, you want to go next? My name is Greta Busolato. I'm from South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, uh, but I'm originally from Atlanta. Uh, I've always been sustainable in my everyday life, uh, but I'm a working bartender right now, and I make augmented reality for uh, the hospitality industry. I'm Julie Smith, and I have a small business uh, called Aspire Colorado um, here in Golden, Colorado, and we're making simple, organic, uh, personal care products and Castile soap that's available either in packaged or in bulk, that all the packages are recyclable and can be refilled. Um, We are a zero waste and zero energy facility. That's awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for joining me. I am... Very curious. Let's get started with my first question. How can individuals integrate sustainable practices into their personal and professional lives? And what are some practical steps I can be taking to have a positive impact on our environment? Really, our starts at home with your everyday practice and, you know, what you what you're buying. You vote with your money. You know, you your money. You got to follow the money. And I, I collect everything. I mean, I collect bottles. I love bottles, jars. I repurpose pretty much everything. Uh, Miss Julie, I'm super interested to pick your brain about how you guys have such a large scale production like that. Because I used to make soap too. Mm-hmm. Not oh, like yeah, not like yours. <laughs> so probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could go into more detail offline, but I guess if we're talking about our personal lives, um, yeah, I agree. Um, it does. Uh, sustainability does start at home. Um, and I started, uh, I, I started the first half of my career. I had an entire career as a chemical engineer 
And uh, the first half of it was in the oil industry. <laughs> and, um, and I was really comfortable there. It was a lot of fun. The work was fun. And I actually started recycling in the uh, offices and the places where we worked. And we would rinse out all the uh, plastic containers and get all that stuff recycled, la, la, la. And I did it at home. And my inspiration, but I grew up in an oil family and I had absolutely no concept whatsoever of environmental issues until I was out in the workforce um, and I was in my like late 20s and early 30s. Oh, no, late late 20s, that's fair to say. And um, I, I just, the New York barge, I'm trying to think when that was, when the New York barge was floating around out in the Atlantic and there was no place to put the trash and stuff like that. That's the, That was kind of the key point when I woke up and I thought, you know, I need to do this too. And I started getting really fanatical and I started noticing one thing I could recycle, then another thing I could recycle. And it went, you know, it, it just went from there. And then I started getting interested just in general environmental issues. So I started looking at our energy. I looked at our water. Um, I acquired what you would think of um, what I, I call myself as environmental OCD. Um, you know, just got out of control. And then ultimately, I literally uh, couldn't do the oil industry anymore. I felt like I can't have my whole life dedicated to the problem. So I left <laughs> and, um, and restarted in the middle of my career. I went to uh, the Coors Brewery and went into their water and wastewater department. And that was kind of my foot in the door starting position because I knew a lot about water from the oil industry. Um, mm -hmm. And I learned, I went to a school at Mines, got my master's in environmental engineering with focus on water and wastewater. And I know exactly what goes on with the products that go down the drain that are bad for our environment. All of the, like the fragrances and the perfumes and the dyes, like, yeah, Dawn must be purple to wash the dishes. These things are horrible for the wildlife. And they don't treat very well in wastewater treatment plants because wastewater treatment plants are set up to treat normal biological material. In other words, number one, number two, and ground up food. They're not necessary. They're not set up to treat, you know, petroleum petrochemicals that do not biodegrade. Um, so it, it, so that's how, that's one of the many ways that we're taking out our wildlife. And that, boy, we destroy the, the food web at the bottom of the food web. Uh, we are really taking mm -hmm. ourselves out at the same time. And so I, I just completely um, um, learned about it and got seriously fanatical and then started the company while I was still working at Coors to uh, start providing an alternative because I had absolutely no patience with the garbage that was available, even in the, in the health food stores. I mean, it's just, there's always something in there. I, you know, go and read every label before you can find one that doesn't have silicon desiccant in it. You know, they think that's okay. Oh, it's just from rock. No, it's not okay. It doesn't break down anyway. That's enough. So, but that's, that's kind of my history. So it was like, but it was, it was start small. My fa fa uh, passion was recycling. So I started there and then I just started doing um, more and more and more and just looking around and noticing things. And now you carry recycling to a new level and you eliminate what you spend with your dollar <laughs> or you vote with your dollar and you don't buy things that aren't in recyclable and reusable containers. Um, an example is toothpaste. 
um, toothpaste tubes. We put 900 million of a year in landfill. They are layered plastic and aluminum. They cannot go in a single stream. The only way to recycle them is to buy a TerraCycle box. They cost 130 bucks a piece. That'll last you probably a couple of years. Um, I have one on my front porch that I uh, welcome neighbors to put their stuff in because I know nobody will buy a TerraCycle box. And that'll keep it out of landfill. Meanwhile, buy some tooth powder from Aspire and just get over it. A tooth powder is just toothpaste <laughs> without the water. Now you can just yep. fluff it on your toothbrush, brush yep. your teeth, refill it. I just got an order the other day for three 32-ounce mason jars, two-pound mason jars of tooth powder by mail order. They're mason jars. Use the jar for something else after you're done. That is enough mm -hmm. for a family of one, one of those. It, about eight ounces is enough for a person in a, to get them through a year. So I don't know why they bought that much. They're probably giving it to family and friends. And I've been known to do that, you know, to give people things that are sustainable just to get them, um, get them um, introduced. In the habit. To people, you know, what just it get is. get them in the so, habit. Yeah. Exactly. To start them out. So that's probably what this person's doing. But I thought that was hilarious. She bought three 32 ounce bottles of tooth powder like really okay here you go yeah anyway hmm. and I agree with that it all starts at home really and I think one of the things that is overlooked oftentimes um, especially now that so many sources are available to us is really to buy quality and just like in fashion Fast fashion is horrible for the environment. And the same goes for furniture. It falls apart and then you buy new and that goes in landfill somewhere. And so that's a really important one aside from also, you know, sourcing properly. Is it, can you get it local as opposed to having a carbon footprint attached to it? Also, um, you know, looking at labels, it takes a little work. Look, support the brands who are doing something sustainable because they need our support in order to to stay out there and to be competitive in pricing. Um, and there's so many things, just as simple as going through your house and changing all your light bulbs to LED. I mean, that's a very easy thing to do. Or in California, they offer incentive to do solar panels to for your home. So there's lots you can do. That's really, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And we just did that. Um, and uh, here in Colorado, they offer it really Excel, our energy company um, that provides us with our electricity, our natural gas provides the best incentives. And they just, and we also got another one because in Golden, we're trying to, we didn't quite make it to the first, so I guess we're going to be the second. Uh, the first is Crested Butte, uh, City and Golden, to get off of natural gas or start requiring at least new construction, because by definition, to be zero waste, which is our goal by 2030 or 35 or something, I'm involved with the City of Golden, too, um, on this stuff. I do like technical support since I came from course, <laughs> and that's what I did. I was the energy engineer the last, uh, like, nine years of my career, and it was energy, I started 
start out making more energy in the oil industry. And at the end, at Coors, it was about reducing energy per barrel of beer. And water, too, was also part of my job description. And we also yeah. went to zero waste to landfill. So City of Gold knows that. So they taught tap me for technical, <laughs> you know, stuff awesome. that uh, we're going, we're uh, setting up, um, we're doing right now, we're negotiating what the um, new um, um, planning requirements are going to be or building requirements to make a home, any new construction, um, zero energy and zero waste. So solar panels are required. They cannot have natural gas tie-ins. It's stupid to put stuff in that you're not going to, that's going to be obsolete um, in a few years. And so we took our, and then the other thing that comes up, what do the poor people do that live in old houses that, you know, and it's like, well, we live in a 1948 house that's completely set up in 19. And so we just converted our house over the last two years. And we actually had solar panels before then, but we beefed it up, put on more, put in a battery so that we can be off grid if there's a storm. And then we also bought an electric vehicle. We charge with the solar panels. So our deliveries are even uh, zero uh, energy now. And then the last thing that we just did was convert to a heat pump and a hot water heater that are electrically powered. So now we're completely done. We have one more step and that's to change out our gas stove to an induction. And then we will be, then we're going to call Excel and ask them to untie, you know, to disconnect natural gas, which will save us money because right now we're piloting, we're using four therms of natural gas a month, just to pilot light, not, not a damn thing off it, just the pilot light. And so, you know, just getting rid of that whole tie-in thing. And we'll probably be one of the first 10 people in the state to do that because our provider said Excel didn't know how to do that. They weren't set up. They're like, you're either disconnecting and you're moving and you're leaving or you're connecting and you're moving in. That saying that you're staying there, you want to keep using electricity and you want to disconnect natural gas. He said, it's going to take more than one phone call is the way he put it. And mm -hmm. so, okay. Um, so it's, but, but then at the same time, Excel is sending us a check for $1,500 rebate for that heater. So they're getting into it and they're supporting. Now it's because they are being required by us right. voters to convert to 100% renewable energy. Right now they're at about around 50%. So yeah. they're literally phasing themselves out of natural gas too um, on a different time scale and that they're also um, in increasing, constantly increing um, solar and wind. And There's they're incentivizing. They're actually just a model for a company to do the right thing, although they were forced by the voters to do so. That's just, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, moving in a little bit of a, I guess, a similar direction, a few of you have touched on this already. What are some of the benefits of incorporating sustainability into our personal and professional lives? And how can that contribute to our own individual well-being? Well, I think in general, like, in your neighborhood or on your beach, it, let's say something simple like picking up trash. Um, that, of course, um, contributes to the environment and to cleaner water and to our, you know, wildlife at sea, not getting strangled with microplastics, etc. But it also makes it prettier. It makes it a more pleasant experience to go down the street and not see garbage strewn along or on your on the beach. So, in that way, I think it helps that way, and and a lot of things help our personal health. 
um, using products that don't have chemicals in them and eating more organically also increases our health benefits in addition to, you know, helping the environment. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. The additives and the things, because it's the same thing that I said about the dyes, you know, I mean, do we need the jello to be bright green to be happy? I don't know. I don't even eat jello. But still, most of the things that really are coming out um, are literally do have toxins in them. And I think that in a lot of it, and then the, the other thing is the the leaching that happens off of plastic. Uh, that's a proven fact. And mm-hmm. You know, people are so, oh, I don't drink. I've had people tell me that um, time and time. I don't drink tap water. I only drink bottled water. Why? Oh, because it's safer. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. Have you ever seen Tapped? It's a, There's a there's a uh, documentary called Tap that gets into the research that's been done on, on uh, chemicals leaching off the insides of plastic water mm-hmm. bottles into the water. No, it's not safer. No, chlorine isn't the greatest possible thing, but it has saved a lot more lives and has killed. It's gotten us away from the uh, cholera and all the other nasty um, um, diseases, intestinal diseases. So it's definitely done more harm than good. But um, and you can always use a filter at home. We actually do that. We just got a carbon filter that we use for our, for our drinking water. But uh, but still, just those. And I think those toxins. I'll go so far with the personal care products. Our skin is our biggest organ. So whatever you rub on your skin is going in too. And so. Uh, <laughs> That um, I think that the toxins in our products are really at the bottom of a lot of the weird, nasty Western diseases and conditions and things that we haven't figured out. And one example, it's like the increase in autism. You know, I mean, who ever heard of autism when I was a little kid? I'm 63 years old. And when I was a little kid, I'd never heard of autism. I didn't hear of autism until I was like in my 40s. And then all of a sudden, it's a thing. And now it's something like one in 38 kids has some level of autism. And, you know, come on. <laughs> and I really do think that the things that we have in our products, unless we're very careful, um, are at the bottom of things like that. Because that used to be a one in 10,000 statistic or something. So, Plastic yeah. is definitely a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Know what? Long as we buy it, with our long as we spend our money on those products, they're going to keep making them. So that's what I keep saying. With our our thing is like saving the planet one product at a time. Buy this instead of that. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about how businesses and organizations can promote sustainability with their employees specifically. Education. I think educating your employees about the importance of doing things in a sustainable way is one of the big factors because oftentimes they don't think of that or they're not. I, and the general public in, in general needs to be educated more. And so leading by example, of course, is good. And offering, you know, community give back or, or doing something, invite your employees out to do something that's good for the environment. I think that's a good way to start just giving back and getting them to give back and lead a more sustainable life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah what May said. exactly what May said. Definitely uh, lead by example. Definitely. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you can't do that, I mean, how are you supposed to encourage anyone else to do anything good? <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly. the way it was at Big Corp when I was working at Coors and we were looking at our sustainability and our energy and stuff like that. It was um, clean your own house first. So our mm-hmm. part, our apartment mm-hmm. or our department, apartment, our department rather, which was utilities started out looking for energy reductions and ways to reduce and then um, and then branched out into the brewing and packaging and warehouse and the other departments with our by setting an example first yeah, yeah. and otherwise people will not follow you have to lead but you have to lead by example it's really true i i completely agree and i think that's a, a really good business approach in general whether you're talking about sustainability or just good business practices in general it, it starts with you um, and if you can lead by example in whatever company you're working for, whether that's your own personal business or for a major corporation, like you said, um, it really, you know, one person can make a difference. I fully believe that. Well, my final question before we wrap up for today, what are some emerging trends or innovative solutions in sustainable in sustainability that you find particularly exciting or interesting? What What's new? Uh in the world of sustainability today, I find it um, exciting. I find it exciting in more the building aspect than than it's become the interior aspect. But there's a lot of new bio based materials that are being used around the world um, that are being tested. Um, there's a lot of uses for hemp. There's construction waste bricks that they're experimenting with there's new ways of um, doing buildings structurally with wood laminated together where it's still fire resistant but it's also not concrete and i just think there's a lot of there's carbon fiber that they're looking at for um reinforced concrete and um what else there's just a lot of um things they're doing from potato peels and mushrooms and and organic materials and i think that's really exciting and kind of taking us into a new era they're not implemented yet as much as you know they could be but but i think the innovation is exciting i'll have to look more into that that that's really really interesting especially what you said about the mushrooms i've never heard of anything like that but that's very intriguing mm-hmm. well and there's hemp too they're right. doing like hemp creek hemp all insulation <laughs> yes and everything mm-hmm. yeah we use we use almost the same thing for uh, uh the straws and uh even some of the tableware um i want to say it's hemp but it might be rice it breaks down super super easy mm-hmm uh, and that you know the corporate corporate industry restaurants are huge. They're hugely mm-hmm. notorious for just vast waste. So mm-hmm. if we could nail that down, just straws and plates, or that'd be that'd be big. I mean, just the ramekins are to go things are just it's astronomical. What oh, we go I believe it. I believe it. Astronomical. We're, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, slowly yeah. but surely, right? Yeah, yeah. scary how slow it is. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but but uh, one of my one of my new things is kind of funny. I mean, I go in a lot of bulk stores, and every time I go into a bulk store, I see something new and something different. Um, but um, the latest was was uh, nude foods in uh, Boulder, 
And um, they are so innovative. I've never seen anything like it before in my life. I mean, I we buy all bulk. And the way we do that is we go to bulk stores and you'll have like your beans, your rice, all your flours, any sugars you can name. And a lot of the like honey agave nectar and um, 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 vinegars and things like that, that you can get them in bulk, you know, the ground up peanut butter and things without, and you call it BYOC, bring your own container. Uh, <laughs> seriously. And so, um, so we've been doing that um, forever. And then we'll uh, buy all of our fresh produce. Um, um, it's uh, organic and we get that from vitamin cottage. So now you're down to the only things that you're not getting in bulk are those prepared foods. So I've been making ketchup and I tried a couple runs of mayonnaise and I was just like, oh, this is getting kind of arduous. There's going to be a line in here someplace. Well, nude foods is making ice cream, mayonnaise, um, all kinds of different like ketchups, a couple different kinds of mustards. They're making processed food right there at the store and they're offering it in addition to all the conventional bulk products. Mm -hmm. So now that filled in my gap. And the way they do that is they have everything packaged in jars that you return. And then you get a credit when you return the jars. And they're even, making potato, they're even making potato chips. You can buy eight ounces of potato chips and they are very good in a jar and then take the jar back. And that was my last holdout. I love potato chips. I have an entire kitchen terracycle <laughs> box just so I can eat potato chips. Absolutely. And they're using local organic potatoes. I mean, that to me is a whole new level. So the next thing they had in there was um, when I went was pea cloths. And I was like, I'm not ready. I thought, you know, the only single-use paper in our house right now, we don't do napkins or toilet paper, or not toilet paper. We don't do napkins. We don't do paper towels. Um, and really, you know, just what I print for invoices and my labels kind of get, you know, those get printed. But other than that, you know, it's down to the toilet paper. And it turns out we don't even need that. I finally cracked and bought some pea cloths and I love them. And then, and then my husband put a bodet on the toilet. So that eliminates number two, at least when we're at home. It's, isn't that hilarious? But pea cloths and they're great. And they really are. I can't even believe how easy they are. Yeah, just you know, tiny little square. So that's the latest and greatest. Now it's like our last holdout on single-use paper. <laughs> yeah, you know, Julie, I commend you for that. Um, I being in Colorado must be amazing because there are so many like-minded individuals. It mm -hmm. seems who all are passionate about the same things. I don't think Dallas is ever going to get on that wavelength. Uh, to that uh, well, let's check back in 10 years, darling. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a call in 10 years and, and yeah. see if the uh, reusable toilet paper has uh, taken effect here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, all, all that to say, thank you all so much for joining me today. This is a really interesting episode. Um, I definitely learned a lot. I, I must admit, I have been drinking water out of a plastic water bottle this morning, but um, maybe I'm going to go swap that out for my reusable one and, and start making some practical changes in my daily life because uh, it, it starts with you. It starts with one. So thank you all so yeah. much for joining me. Thank Cheers, you. Guys. Mm -hmm.